look at you gallivanting in here. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. I was about to start this episode with, hey friend, but I realized in some ways that warm welcome, which I will totally use again a bunch, could somewhat be contributing to the challenge we're talking about in today's episode. I shared in episode one about a season in which I pretty much lost all of my friends and had to start over. I needed new friends. And knowing myself, what I really craved was deep friends, close friends. So I decided to be intentional about it. And as I've shared what I've tried over the last few years, it's one of the topics that has resonated with you the most on Instagram. Also, remember in episode two when I was about to talk about anxiety and then I got hit with an anxiety attack? Well, here I'm just about to speak how I've got all the answers on friendship and I get hit with such FOMO a few days ago because I listened to two other podcasts on friendship by my dear friends and felt left out as they talked about this tight girl group of four women they're a part of. And I thought, I'm such a hypocrite. Who do I think I am to give advice when I'm still just as insecure? But no, actually, it's the gift of this podcast and wanting to be so authentic with you. I am an Enneagram 4, and being authentic is one of my deepest desires, that it forced me to sit down, explore why, and do something about it, which I'll share in a minute. What I've realized from your responses on Instagram in the last couple of years is that we all want deeper friendships. It's not just a few of us. It's a ton of us, which is the best news ever. Because that just means we all want each other. We're just all waiting for the other girl or guy, because yes, this applies to both genders and can also be co-ed, to text us, to invite us to hang out. I remember sharing this insecurity with a friend of mine who's a model. And she said, yeah, that happens to me sometimes too. I'll see something on Instagram and think, why wasn't I invited to that? Guys, I had been so nervous to say this out loud. It was one of those things where I was starting to say it to her, and I'm thinking, why am I saying this? I'm going to sound so insecure and pathetic around this clearly confident, pulled-together professional model friend. And it turns out she was feeling the same. And I'm sure when she hears this, she'll be cracking up at the fact that I would see her so differently. But it made me realize that we all do this. We all think that woman or man is probably more insecure and more put together. I am probably the hot mess that is pathetic over here, wishing other people would call me. We actually all want someone to call. Or, okay, in this day and age, we don't want you to call. We want you to text. If you call, we probably won't pick up the phone or we'll think something desperately is wrong. So I think there's a few things that contribute to that. One is we are much more transient society. For all previous generations, you don't really move that much. You could easily go to elementary school and still know those same people when you are married and have children and then when you become a widow or a widower. Now we move so much, specifically living in New York City. It's a very transient community. And that's one of the great challenges of living here is how often people move and then you lose those friendships and needing to therefore stay open to the fact that other people are going to move here and you're going to have new friendships. It also is the serious FOMO of social media. 
prior to Instagram, you didn't necessarily know that everyone was hanging out without you. Maybe you heard about it when you got to school on Monday morning, but for the most part, there could be tons of things going on that weren't in your face to see that you weren't invited or you weren't thought of. And then also, I think it's because we have so many of these light connections throughout social media and the internet. One of my dear friends, Jessie, has a podcast called Marriage is Funny. And she moved from New York to California. And as I've gone through seasons of listening to her podcast, I started from season one at one point and was just binging it. I felt like we were chatting all the time. I felt like I knew what was happening in her life. Actually, I knew what was happening in her life three years ago when that episode aired. And actually, we hadn't spoken. I was feeling so connected to her. She, meanwhile, wasn't feeling as connected to me because she wasn't listening to my voice in her ear. Um, I can feel so connected to a fellow influencer I follow on Instagram who I have never met, but I feel so warmly and so excited following her pregnancy and the fact that she now has a baby. And that's lovely. But it isn't deep friendship. It can cover for that lack in a day. We can feel like we're connecting with people because we have them in our ears and we're visually looking at them. We're reading their thoughts until we really think about it. And I see from my Instagram comments that we all yearn for more, that when we really slow down to think about it, we might be surrounded by a lot more people and hearing from people. And again, having these beautiful, lovely connections through the internet. But they aren't necessarily the same depth. Yes, you and I are online friends, and I can give you a huge warm hug when I see you on my book tour or at an event I'm speaking at. But we don't text each other to call each other out on our ish or remind one another of who we are when we have forgotten of that thing that we said last week that you know, we we already forgot it and now we're feeling weak today and we need to say, no, remember just last week you were more confident, you were overcoming. I want that for both of us and the once a year hug at an event because I love a good hug. So the first step in this process would be how do you meet new friends? But I'm going to be honest, I don't feel like I'm the expert at that. I've pretty much had two main experiences that I do think other people can learn from. One is hang out where there are people that you would have something in common with, whether this is church or soul cycle or mommy and me or phone canvassing, you know, doing a meetup for a political candidate. But if you were really interested in having fellow political activist friends or moms or sporty friends or friends of your same faith, then going to those spaces is a great place to already have something in common with people. I get that what is hard about that, because I've been in the same space, too, of like, great, I'm going to go to workout classes at my gym. And then I'm totally trying to make eye contact with other girls there being like, hey, anybody want to be friends? <laughs> it doesn't always work out like that. So know that there's going to be the same amount of trial and error that there is in dating. Not everything that you're going to try is going to be the slam dunk. But I think if you keep testing out, you're going to find that yoga class where everyone does really chat and everyone is a regular and you could start to you know, chat, get there early, stay late, chat with people a little bit more. And then the other option is to put yourself out there. Um, most of my friends that have not come through church have come through online dating, which is something we'll talk about in the next episode on dating. But my 
core friend group in New York uh, hilariously came through different guys that I had online dated who then I stayed friends with. They became friends. They brought in their girlfriends, their female friends from work, etc. But it's that same energy that I put myself out there in dating. And as a bonus, I got all of these friends. You might be in a relationship or not interested in dating, but it's that same sense of putting yourself out there is actually the answer for ultimately how I ended up with friends. Once you have those friends, the next step is going deeper. And that's what I'm going to share more on today, where I have more personal experience to share from. So here is specifically what I did. The first thing was I made a list. For me, it was six women. It was you know, a good handful, a manageable amount, not a laundry list, but not just one or two people I was lasered in on. And I said, I am going to check in with them regularly. I'm going to make a point to text them once a week. And I'm going to try to ask questions where I can get to know them better to remember details, remember that they have a big presentation coming up or remember that they're you know, mom had gone to the doctor's appointment for this thing. I'm going to celebrate with them. I'm going to pray for whatever it is that is going on in their lives. And I'm going to make it a priority to invest time with them in person. I said, I'm going to see them one-on-one or in a small group twice over the next three to four months. So that was basically one hangout a week in person and six text messages. Totally doable. Absolutely didn't have to overtake my life. But I was really intentional about it. It literally was an item on my to-do list where I had these women and I would keep track because the weeks can fly by and you can all of a sudden three weeks went by and you realize, oh, I haven't texted that person. I haven't reached out. And so I actually would go through and say, have I texted them? Did I see them? Have I made a plan so that I could know that I was doing my best to prioritize them? The next very important step is I didn't get hurt when not everyone reciprocated. I was patient, believing that the right people would come along and that I wouldn't force it, that you know, someone on their end had to also feel that desire, had to feel that chemistry. And some people fell off the list and then new people that weren't even on my radar were added to it. And there's so many factors when it comes to whether or not we click in friendship. It can just be the rhythm of your life. You are someone who texts during the mornings and their days are packed and they text on the weekend when you're out and about or the time for you to have a window to meet up would be weeknights and they that's the only time that they see their partner and they do it on weekends but that's when you know you happen to work. Um, Their style. Some people text back really quickly, do quick little short chats all throughout the day, texting really often. Some people are not text people. It takes them forever to get back. They want to text lengthy texts. They don't necessarily reply to everyone. Some people like voice memos. Some people want phone dates. Some people want in person. And then whatever their needs are in their life that I think oftentimes we haven't necessarily articulated this to ourselves, that we aren't even aware what what that woman is really craving is fellow moms. To hang out with. My friend Jenny homeschools and she has three kids. Um, so as much as I love seeing Jenny at church on Sundays, it may be the reality that what she desperately craves is more women who understand what it's like to be a mom or even a homeschooling mom. Maybe it's about having playdates with her kids 
at museums and things like that where she can kind of be multitasking that. Maybe you're desiring to have other couple friends because you want to be able to be with your partner and other people. And that's really a a gap in your relationships. You know, whether it's what's in their head or literally in their schedule, we can just have different needs and different priorities. Someone can be in a season where they aren't as driven to have more friends. They are really in a focused season at work. They have their eye on a prize and they are working towards that. And it isn't occurring to them as often that they really want to pour into friendships where maybe you're in a season where it's your slow time at work and this is a top priority for you. So it's having that same spaciousness and graciousness to know that we aren't going to connect with every single person we go on a date with to want to truly build a lifelong relationship. And everyone we meet that is nice and lovely and wonderful is not necessarily going to be one of those dear friends that truly folds into our life. Next is focus on how you can be a better friend versus have more friends, which sounds simple that we're told, like, focus on what you can give, not what you can get. But the paradox here is that if you focus on being a better friend, you do get what you want because we want closeness. We want that connection. We want more time with people. So by focusing on how to be a better friend, I counterintuitively was actually bringing more of what I wanted in my life, which was those friendships. So this is how you get that. If you really want that closeness, you need to be willing to put in the work for it. And I think maybe because a lot of us have been hurt and disappointed and let down over friendships, we can kind of get to a place where we feel like, well, people should be coming to me. You know, I I want them to be making the effort. But Truly, if this is what you desire and a pain point in your life, put in the work. When I was single and I wanted to be in a relationship, I put in so much effort to dating because I knew that it was important to me. Like I put in so much effort into entrepreneurship and my business and running my company and put it so much into overcoming my anxiety and this path towards elegant excellence. And then this became another area. I want to wisely invest. And if I don't have the kind of friendships, at least I won't be able to say it's not because I didn't try and I didn't work hard. So go the extra mile. I remember when my friend Laura was traveling for work a lot and it was so hard to see her. Anytime we were supposed to have these every other week uh, girl dates with, with three of us and she was never able to be there and we would try to reschedule and it wouldn't work. And I know what's happening for me is that I was feeling sad and hurt and not prioritized that she didn't have any time to spend with me. But then I realized instead of telling her that, I mean, what is she going to do about it? She probably feels the same. She's traveling a ton for work. She can't travel less for work. Um, That wasn't an option. And so she's probably feeling just as sad and disconnected that it's not just that she's not seeing me. She's not seeing hardly any of her friends. So what good is that actually going to do? So I realized if what I really want is more time with her, then I should go to her. So I was going to be in Paris. She was going to be in London for work. And I said, great, I will switch my trip around and I will take the train over from Paris to London. And I will spend a couple days with you there because it was literally the only time in three or four months we were going to see each other is if I went to her. Now, of course, that's not necessarily feasible for everyone to get on a plane and go to where your friend is. But sometimes that can just look like my friend Monica, who is super busy, who lives in a different part of town. 
and making sure that when I say I would love to see her, that I acknowledge she's really busy. And I say, let me know if there's windows that would work for you. Uh, going the extra mile by saying, I will fold my schedule around yours. And I'll say, I'm happy to come to you. It's just saying, I'm, I'm going to come to your neighborhood. I'm going to make it as easy as possible. If I know that my schedule can be more flexible, and this is, I'm saying this is a priority for me, then I will go the extra mile to make it work in your schedule to come to you in your neighborhood. For you, that might even mean I will hang out with you while you run errands or hang out with you and, you know, help help carry the baby and push the stroller while you are out running errands. I might come do the workout that you like. I have um, friends that uh, run marathons because it's a way that they are able to um, connect with some of their other friends and family who love that. It's a shared passion that didn't initially come out of their passion for marathoning, but their passion for people. And I mean, can we talk about any better humans than people that are willing to take up marathoning to spend more time with you? Like how loved should those people feel? So we can't do this for everyone, which is why having that list is important. We can't be running all over spread thin for everyone. We would become resentful. We would get burnt out. But the point of focusing on this list is saying, I want to go deep with these people. These are the people that I'm willing to go the extra mile for. Next, you want to be a really great friend and focus first on how you can be a great friend. But then you also do want to expect that in return. If you invite someone multiple times, but then eventually they're just never reciprocating, maybe you need to accept that and move on. But it's not necessarily tit for tat. It's not I invited you once and now I'm going to cross my arms and wait until you invite me to something. It's I'm going to keep giving, 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 but I'm also going to be aware if it isn't being reciprocated. And then share your heart and put the ball in your court. Say, I would love to see you. Let me know when you have windows. I know my schedule is more flexible. Um, or, you know, things are a little busy, but I would absolutely prioritize this time. You know, I, hey, girl, I miss you. I would love to see you and connect. I will, you know, I'm happy to come to your neighborhood. Let me know if there's a time that works for you. And then trust that if you hold them more loosely, it might be that you're opening space for someone or something else. Again, some of those women fell off my list. And because they did, really wonderful, sweet, precious friendships came into my life. So I think it's coming from that place of abundance and believing that there are more wonderful people out there and not clinging to this one person that you have right now. If they're not giving it back to you equally, if they aren't equally passionate about growing this friendship, then hold them loosely, love them whenever you do get to see them, and know that that space in your life is necessary in order for someone else to come in. When you feel FOMO, which happens a lot and happened to me, as I said, just this past weekend through listening to these two other podcast episodes, the most important thing is first to ask yourself, what is it that you really want? Why am I feeling triggered by this? Because oftentimes I think we will feel FOMO about something that we didn't even want to be invited to in the first place. Like your friends are off, you know, working out at some boot camp on a Saturday morning. You do not want to be at a boot camp on a Saturday morning. You're just hurt that you didn't get invited. But maybe they didn't invite you because they know you don't want to be at a boot camp on a Saturday morning. So when I heard these podcasts uh, about this specific group of four beautiful women that have created this lovely friendship, 
at first I felt this sense of of missing out. Not that I wanted to be in that specific friend group, but a a jealousy, a longing of, man, I wish I had that kind of friend group. But then I realized that what has brought those women together is business. That's really what they are jamming on and what they are prioritizing is this time to come together as business sisters. And that actually isn't what I want or need in this season. I'm incredibly blessed with the team I have, the business partners I have, and I actually don't have questions or needs that I'm I'm going to outside people for in this season of my business. I'm turning to my team. The season I'm much more at is looking for personal growth, going deeper in my faith. And actually, that's the friend group that I do have. They happen to be here in New York City. But the daily text message chain that I'm on, it's about that. None of those women are in entrepreneurship. They're school teachers and work in finance. But that actually isn't my desire and drive right now in this season is to be jamming on business. So at first, I think, man, I'm missing out on that thing. And then when I really slow down to think about it, I realize, no, actually, that's not what I want. It just sounded so beautiful and shiny. And if I really will pause, I realize what I actually want and need is indeed what I already have. So then what is it that you want that still was missing in that? So these four women go on quarterly retreats together. And what I realized I crave is that extended time, that you go so much deeper when you actually get away with people, when you travel with people. So I texted this group of my four girlfriends here in New York, and I shared that. I said, hey, I was feeling this FOMO. Here was the scenario. And then I realized, actually, you guys are the, th- those women that I want in my life. I just want this more extended time. And I know that the barrier in that group is time and money, that that everyone doesn't have the disposable income to go take a trip once a quarter. And not everyone has the flexibility in their work schedule to be able to take a few days off. We've got a single mom, et cetera. So I proposed, what if we did a staycation? And I've got two free nights with Hotels.com, not advertising this podcast. Um, I've got two free nights at a hotel. Why don't we do a staycation in the city? And we'll do a Friday and Saturday night. Nobody has to spend money for plane tickets or train tickets or time. But we get that same extended time together in a hotel room, ordering pizza, watching a movie versus a couple of hours that we would get in going out to dinner. And I also realized that what I wanted was more frequency. Just the commitment of those women to do a quarterly retreat sounded so appealing to me. And then I realized, well, that's silly. Those women have to schedule those retreats because they all live in different states. But these girls actually do live right here. And I'm not making the, the best. I'm not getting everything out of the fact that they live here. I simply need to invite them to hang out more often. Sure, we text and we see each other at birthday parties and things like that. But I am choosing now to be more intentional. And again, I shared this with them to say, let's. It do more invites for dinners and drinks and brunches, and it doesn't have to be all five of us. It's okay if it's one or two of us. It's okay if you throw it out there and no one can come, but the more that we all strengthen the muscle to just see, hey, is anyone around tonight? Hey, is anyone in the city? What are you guys up to on Saturday? And taking advantage of what truly is right in front of me. So I felt this FOMO for something that 
I actually did have the ability to create and go deeper in in my life, which is why I said I'm so grateful that that came up in this episode because it actually wasn't about me feeling smaller. It was about me slowing down to realize that I am more richly blessed than I necessarily have realized. And there's a very good chance that you are too. And next up, I really continue to go deeper. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that I have this prayer journal that I do, and that's super informal. It can be, you know, wh- whatever you want it to be. But for me, it's really helpful that it's it's by month, and it just has different categories of, you know, friends, family, um, things like that. And so because I have that little monthly friends list, I write down the people in my life and different things that I know are happening for them. And then because I, through Lent, really started committing to spending just a minute, if that's all I have, looking at that prayer journal, I visually see those people. Instead of listening to a podcast and focusing on my to-do list and just running off on my day and suddenly the week flies by and I haven't connected, I see those names every day. And I realized this just yesterday as I sat down, how many more text messages I sent realizing oh yeah, I haven't FaceTimed with my sister. I'm going to text her and see if she's around tonight. Oh right, I want to share my wedding photos with my mom. I'm going to send her a message and see if we can do a Zoom call over uh, over the weekend. And one of my dear friends texted today and she said, as soon as I opened my eyes this morning, I what crossed my mind was how sweet it was of you to reach out yesterday and ask me about that certain situation in my life. She said, I felt so loved that you thought of me. And Honestly, this is what has allowed me to be a better friend is the, the small intentionality of having this list of my my friends and what I am praying for for them. That helps me remember that that friend is going through that thing. And, and not that I would necessarily forget it, but it gives me that more focused time to say, I'm actually going to send a text right now and get an update on that. And also, the only way that I knew to put that on my list is that she shared it with me. She also had to be vulnerable and intentional. We had met up to go to a political book event because we are fellow political nerds. And we were getting drinks afterwards. And she start, she shared about one thing with me, um, something that was happening at work. And then she said, I have one more thing to tell you. And it was so wise that she came into that drinks thing saying, I have two things I want to share and I want to make sure we don't get sidetracked and derailed talking about other things. I want to share this with someone. I want to get someone's advice on this work situation and I want to share this personal situation. And because she said, I want to go deeper in this friendship. I want to be vulnerable. I want to be known. I want to make a point to share this with another friend. That's how it let me then be a better friend and through the intention of just saying, I'm going to think about these girls every morning and I'm not going to allow myself to be caught up in the hustle and bustle of being a busy entrepreneur, fly through the week and not have connections with the people that are really important to me. And like in the last episode, we can't do all the things or be close to all the people. I am such a fan of essentialism and doing less but better. So it's choosing these relationships. It's not trying to have 50 best friends, but it's choosing who those people are and then really pouring in there. It's having 
some friends that are weekly and some friends that are monthly. I have some friends that live other places. We don't connect as often, but I maybe try to send them a text once a month. There are more than six people on my list. Um, but then there's people that I really am trying to stay in touch with weekly. That's my more core group. And then I would love to be connecting with each of my sister-in-laws once a month and making sure that it isn't too long before I realize, oh, we just haven't talked in a while. And suddenly a couple of months went by. A few miscellaneous friendship tips. Show up. Don't cancel. Don't overcommit yourself trying to be all things to all people. Think about what we discussed in the last episode of putting less things on your list. Being aware that you are not going to accomplish everything that you think you are going to in a week. So prioritize the people and the things that really matter so you can say yes and you can show up to them and you haven't overcommitted yourself to every random person that asked you for coffee or threw something out there so you can really prioritize those people. Another tip is groups are even easier if they naturally evolve. A lot of my friendships have become more anchored because we became a crew of three guys and two girls and then two guys moved away but another guy added to the group and the fact that we kind of have that that gang to hang out together or the fact that some of my girlfriends were friends with my other girlfriends and now we have this group text of the five of us. I have a a mastermind that I meet up with once a month of five of us. Creating those groups can really be an easier way to stay connected more often and having more people kind of chiming in. And voice memos or Boxer, which is a voice memo app, or FaceTime or Zoom, which is a video platform that we use for my team. But now I've gotten my family and my in-laws all into it and realizing that we can do double dates with our brother and sister-in-law on Zoom. Even though we live in other states, it makes us more connected than just texting back and forth. Also be gentle with yourself. I think that there are so many painful fails, quote unquote, that we've all had when it comes to friendship. People that I was close to that drifted apart, uh, drifted away. I remember back when I was going on that sabbatical, I tried so hard to get friends to travel with me. I mean, I started like six months ahead of time, inviting everyone I could think of to travel with me and ultimately getting some people to say yes. And then long story short, everyone canceled at the end. I would try to plan trips and they wouldn't ever materialize. I'd try to get people to commit to buying tickets for things and people wouldn't want to commit that far in advance. You know, there can be just as much rejection and loneliness as dating, which we'll talk about in the next episode. So I think it's important to choose hope, to know there are so many people that are hoping, praying, longing, wishing, wanting you to reach out, wanting friendships, wanting plans on a Saturday, wanting someone to talk about their deep stuff with or talk about their favorite show or a book they're reading, to have that closeness to text something that is random or hilarious or ranting, a space to feel safe and secure, to feel loved and lovable and loving. I chose that hope for myself. I declared that I wanted deeper friendships and I started to prioritize that in my life. And I am so thankful I did. I desire the same for you and I am holding out and choosing that hope for you as well. And since friends want to know what's on one another's hearts, what's in their head, 
what they're working through or what season they're in, I would truly love to hear from you. Please send me an email. You can click the contact button in my Instagram profile or use hello at hillaryrushford.com and tell me what topics and questions you would like to chat about more on this podcast. You can also email me a voice memo or go record one at hillaryrushford.com slash pod VIP. That's hillaryrushford.com, my name, slash pod, as in podcast, VIP, as in you. And we've got a plugin right there that you can record on the website. And if you're feeling inspired to be that kind friend, I would be so honored if you would leave a review so that someone else who needs to hear this takes the time to listen and they can go love five people in their lives even better who will love five more and we will create so much more joy and connection for everyone. Speaking of love, next week we are going to move from friendship to dating, a topic I have never shared about as I kept that part of my life private. And now that I am newly married, girl, I have a lot to say. So I will see you on the next You're Welcome Wednesday with grace and gumption. You're welcome in advance. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is sending a text that says I love you. That's it. It is that simple. This happened to come up on our team meeting. I was using some analogy about how you keep going on date night, not because your relationship is bad, but to keep it good. My business partner said, you totally inspired me that it's been a while since I've taken my wife on a date. So I texted her can I take you out tonight? She said, are you asking me on a date? And he said, yes. He screenshot the text, sent it to me. That made me feel all warm and fuzzy and think, aw. So I just texted Jeremy, I love you. He said, oh my gosh, that just made my day. When he got home that night, he started telling me this story about one of those afternoons where everything goes wrong. The tire on his bike was flat. And then when he walked there, he didn't have the key. And then this thing happened at work and one thing after another. And he was feeling so frustrated and annoyed with his day. And then I sent him a text and he just realized I have so much to be thankful for. I'm so blessed. He said it totally turned around my afternoon. And as my business partner and I were talking, we thought, wow, how powerful is it to just send one message and that that begets something else? Him texting his wife had me text my husband. And this can be to a friend, to your mom. If I love you sounds a little bit too strong, it can just be thinking of you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. But I would love for us to pay this forward. So send someone a sweet note, take a screenshot of it, share it on your IG stories, link to this episode or tag me in it so that I can see and we can have another quick, simple way to help people feel more loved and more connected. Till next Wednesday. 